You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. ...of five programs. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news throughout the day. It's absolutely free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this Tuesday, February 20, 2024. And I want to thank uh, Justin for uh, buying me a little time. Ran into, uh, this doesn't happen often, but ran into a little accident. I wasn't in it, but uh, caught a little uh, backup at uh, the, uh, the intersection of 69 and Skyland this morning where there was... Uh, uh, nobody was hurt, but there was a little fender bender there, and you know how that allows traffic to back up, and uh, not anything you can do. You just have to, uh, you just have to wait it out. But uh, <clears throat> got through it and got in here to the studio, and we are ready to go for the Gary Harris Show for this uh, Tuesday, February twenty, two thousand twenty-four. I'm Gary Harris. I got Justin Jones, as I said, right there on the other side of the glass, uh, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904 and i'll tell you all about the show here in just a moment what we got on tap how you can get involved and we'll get with it first though the uh first hour of this program brought to you as always by alabama credit union member owned and not for profit it's just a better way of banking i encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money <coughs> and put a little extra change in your pocket all right the lineup for today drudy arm and the rocket man having to reschedule he's doing some high school basketball so he was scheduled for 9.30, but uh, can't make it, so we're going to push him back to 10. And then Corey Labounty from WNSP in Mobile will be with us at 10.30. Also this morning, we've got some audio <coughs> from Nick Saban, who uh, he and Miss Terry presented the Nick Saban Legacy Award last night over at the Red Mountain Theater in Birmingham. And uh, that was uh, given to... Frank Beamer, former Virginia Tech coach, and also the late, great Bobby Bowden. His family was on hand to uh, accept on his behalf. And uh, Nick Saban had a little media session. He hasn't had many of those since he uh, retired from uh, Alabama as the head football coach. We've got that audio for you this morning. We're going to play that. Justin's got it ready to go. I think it's, what, about five minutes, Justin, is all it is, right around five minutes. But uh, Nick Saban did take questions last night from the reporters, and we're going to have that sound for you this morning here on the program. All right, let me talk about some topics that are making news this morning, and um, we're going to begin with Alabama football coaching staff, <coughs> pardon me, information in regards to uh, 
what's happening. All right. It's been a pretty fluid situation with this staff, but we do know that it looks like now, and it looked like this yesterday, uh, it looks like the Alabama football coaching staff is set now, barring any more unforeseen changes. Um, so we're going to run that down for you real quick. And it is, um, I don't know. I, I, I look at yesterday and we thought that um, it was set. And then we had a situation where William Inge, who we expected to be part of the Alabama defensive staff, took a job at Tennessee. And then Christian Robinson was brought in from Baylor to replace him. So as of right now, let me run down this coaching staff for you, just so, uh, uh, you know, we'll have the latest. On offense, and the only coaches that have been officially announced now are Kane Womack and Robert Gillespie and Freddie Roach. <clears throat> but the rest of the staff, on offense, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator Nick Sheridan, offensive line coach Chris Kapiv- uh let me get this right, Kapilovic, Chris Kapilovic, got to get that. You got to say it enough that it just becomes rolls off your tongue. Offensive line coach Chris Kapilovic, he's coming in from Baylor where he never coached. He'd been at Michigan State prior to that. Running backs coach Robert Gillespie, wide receivers and co-offensive coordinator Jamarcus Shepard, and tight ends coach Brian Ellis, who was reportedly uh, agreed to yesterday coming over from Georgia Southern where he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He's a former quarterback at UAB. On defense... Kane Womack is the defensive coordinator. Colin Hitchner is the co-DC. Freddie Roach is the defensive line coach and associate head coach. Mo Linguist is a co-defensive coordinator working with the DBs. And the linebackers coach now appears to be Christian Robinson taking over for William Inge, who left to go to Tennessee. I know all this is very, very fluid. but uh, And as far as the linebackers, it looks like Womack will coach the inside linebackers, and um, Robinson will coach the outside linebackers. Linguist and Hitchler will combine in the secondary, and Freddie Roach will coach the defensive line. So that's kind of what it looks like right now. That's the latest, and we'll hear from former Alabama head coach Nick Saban in just a little bit. Other news and notes, Daytona 500, <clears throat> rain delayed, of course, until Monday, and then uh we got the we got the big one yesterday. We got two big ones inside the final ten laps, and um, I guarantee you this: William Byron's not complaining. William Byron will take it. He wins the five hundred for Rick Hendrick. Rick Hendrick uh, Motorsports starting its fortieth year, and they win their first uh, Daytona five hundred in like nine years. I think uh, Junior was the last one to win one for Hendrick Motorsports. Byron gets it. Huge wreck there inside of ten laps, and I think Joey Logano would have won it without a wreck. I thought he had the best car. But there were a number of other uh, candidates that were taken out. But the final running order is William Byron, uh, Bowman, Bell, LaJoy, and uh, Bubba Wallace gets a top five. That's big for uh, Team 23. So Daytona 500, not able to run on Sunday. They run it on Monday afternoon and evening, and William Byron gets the victory there. Of course, uh, Alabama sports always big during the week. We've got uh, baseball coming up. We'll get into that. 
preview that game. Of course, basketball at home tomorrow night, women's basketball at South Carolina on Thursday. So a busy show on tap. If you want to join the program, uh, the First Domain Condos hotline, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. I see Tom, you hold tight. We'll get to you to open up the next block when we come back on the other side of the break. Uh, Drudy Armin at 10 o'clock. Corey LaJoy, uh, Corey LaBounty, I should say, thinking about NASCAR again now. Corey LaBounty at 1030, and we'll hear from Nick Saban, his comments last night to the media at the Nick Saban Legacy Award. So we're off and running. We'll take our first break, and we'll come back with Tom and any other phone calls that we have. The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM, WTBC. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's the daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we'll be joined by Alabama women's basketball point guard, Loyal McQueen. Of course, we're going to try to finish out these last four or five games undefeated. That's the goal. Every game we step out, um, just trying to win every game. Um, you know, I feel like our last stretch is going to be a key stretch for us. It's, it's a lot of competition. But, I mean, this is why you want to play in the SEC, um, to be able to compete against the very best. Um, and, I mean, it starts with Thursday, playing against the number one team in the country. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, of course, I know several of the girls I played AAU with. Um, of course, I'm going back home um, probably like 30 minutes away from Florence. Um, so I'm so excited to just see people. Um, that I've seen in high school that hasn't really got a chance to see me play. So I, uh, you know, came to Bama. So I'm excited about that. I think, you know, I think this team is, is capable of whatever. So I'm excited to see, you know, what God has in store for us. I'll have more in a moment. Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Tide Baseball against Middle Tennessee. With We're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Visit PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representations made that the legal services provided by Patterson Comer is greater than any other legal services performed by any other lawyer. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine, the high 63. Clear tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy, the chance of a shower by afternoon, the high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 918, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Let's jump out on the first domain condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904, and that's where we find our good friend Tom. Tom, thanks for holding. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. Not a problem to hold for this show because I enjoy it so much. Thank you. 
And, and look, don't forget, when you're on hold, it's, you're doing the same thing you did right before you called in. You're listening. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, so it's never a problem about holding. And uh, Justin and your guys, uh, the production crew, do such a good job. My hat's off to them, and I appreciate them. Uh, second thing I wanted to bring up is coaches. Now, let me explain to people about this poaching of coaching. It is a strategy by our opposition, particularly Tennessee, which are low life, and puke orange tells you how low a life they are. And it's a strategy to create disruption amongst the transition period which they perceive as being a time of weakness because they're also freaking giddy because Coach Saban retired and they think that the door is open for success against Alabama and they're trying to create chaos. Now, don't ever forget that the game of football in the SEC extends beyond the grass. It goes way further than that. So part of this is going on with the coaches. And, and the ones that left that went for Tennessee, particularly in, was he was too weak in the mind for Alabama anyway. So that 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 explains that. Now my second thing is the Daytona 500. When the Daytona 500 are super tracks such as Talladega and so forth that they're running, and you got 32 cars within six seconds of each other and you're coming down to the end, and you're stuck in the middle of the path, and you decide you're going to make the left turn, where the freaking heck do you think you're going to go that you have got to make a move like that? You idiot. Stay in line. Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. I, I, you know, I know everybody wants to win that race, but at the same time, um, you know, you should want to, you should want to finish the race too. And, um, I, I don't know the first big one. Um, I, I, you know, the la- the second one was Chastain just trying to do what he did. I thought the first one was on, um, uh, you know, early in the race was on John Henry Nemechek. And then the, uh, you know, one of the big ones was on, was on, um, uh, uh the watermelon man, you know, I, I just think that he, uh, he's either going to win the race, Chastain is, or he's going to take everybody out. And when he took that middle lane late, he was, uh, you know, he wound up taking out Cindric and some others. And then, uh, the one that happened with about eight laps when I, I thought Logano was going to win the race, I thought he had the best car. I thought at that point he clearly had the best car. I can't remember exactly how that one got started. Was that just a, a racing deal? Remind me, Tom. That's thing was up there, and it was obvious. He got impatient. Always got does. Impatient. And, and, and when when you get impatient and you're at the end of the race, and you know when they bunch, when they bunch, you have got to let your driving skills do the talking, and they've got to be good. Now, I don't want to hear anybody else ever say to me that the NASCAR drivers are the greatest drivers in the world. They are not. And... um and they proved it again yesterday. But he got impatient. He was buried about five deep. And and he tried to 
I, I, I don't know what he thought there was no hole to go to. But all of a sudden, he decides he's got to turn, and he does, and it wipes out my car, which pissed me off to no end. Uh, because I thought we had, we might not have won it, but we had a shot for a top three finish. Uh, okay. Ryan uh, Blaney. Yeah. Ryan Blaney. He had come from behind like four times. And that car, it was stroking it yesterday. And he was driving it with great strategy. Got a lap down, got the lap back, come back, dropped back to 30th. Worked his way up. He was currently at fifth when the wreck happened. I thought that he was going to do the same thing that he did in the second segment, make a move and get to the front. But no, Mr. Watermelon, I almost said something, but I can't. And, uh, but anyway, it was frustrating. Yeah, it was. I'm with you. I, you know, and I, I was texting with Matt last night, <coughs> Matt Coulter, who we'll have on tomorrow, and he was like, "Well, it was exciting." And I guess I said, "Yeah, I guess it was," but at the oh, same time, yeah. I would like to see those last ten laps run wreck free. You know, I'd like to see those last ten laps. But you're right, Tom. You've always got one or two of them, and and Chastain's the worst man. There's a reason he's got the reputation he's got. Yeah, can he be exciting? But there's one thing to want to win. There's another thing to to realize that if you're not going to win, you're going to take everybody out. And that's kind of the way the guy does. I mean, that's kind of the way he, uh, he, uh, he tries to operate, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a uh, you know, he's, he's a liability. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, it is what it is, but William Byron and Hendrick will take it. I had picked Chase Elliott early in the race. I thought about midway through the race, I thought he might have the best car, but I don't know. Do you agree with me that Logano, I think Logano was going to win that race without a wreck. Yeah, that car was. Strong. It was. It was. It was unstoppable, man. It could run single file. It could. It could back him up. It could run high. It could run low. He was oh, set yeah. up to win that race, and uh, I think the twenty two would have taken it. I think that uh, you know he showed a lot of intelligence when uh, one of those idiots jumped from the bottom, jumped out in front of him, and he got on the radio and told him, said, "Look, go down there and tell that fool get out of my way." And and uh, and they did, and they, and then to his credit, he did get out of the way. And uh, but uh, yeah, I, you're right. Logano was strong beyond words yesterday. When you see a car that can do things by itself, look out! That car winning. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> good stuff, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, good call there on uh, um, the Daytona 500 last night, and. Um, all right, it is 9.25, and uh, I've been having some issues getting Justin the Nick Saban audio from last night, but I think we've got it now, Justin. Do we have it? Just going to take just a second. Oh, no, no, I'm not ready for it right now. Yeah, you let it download. I understand it's got to download, but I think I had sent you the wrong file. <clears throat> but to kind of set up what I'm talking about, Nick Saban was in Birmingham last night, and uh, he and Miss Terry, they do the annual Nick Saban Legacy Award. And it was presented last night at the um, Red Mountain Theater in Birmingham. It's uh, a great award that um, uh, is is done through the quarterback club there and the Children's Healthcare Foundation. 
Uh, it was established in 2022 in honor of the amazing achievements of Coach Nick Saban and Terry Saban. The award celebrates his contributions to the game of football, community, development of young men and coaches as they further their own careers. As we said, Nick Saban took some time to speak with the media as well. And um, we've got that audio for you that we're going to play in the next segment. Nick Saban and... Um, Miss Terry, as we said, were there, and the honorees were Frank Beamer, former West Virginia head coach, and the late great Bobby Bowden. They were the recipients of the Nick Saban Legacy Award from last night. Uh, previous recipients in 2023 uh, were the late Vince Dooley and Bill Snyder and Steve Spurrier and Eddie Robinson, the late Eddie Robinson, in 2022, the inaugural year of the award. So this was the third year of the award, and... Um, it's a great, great, great event, and uh, Nick Saban now, who is uh, working for ESPN and still has an office inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, as um, as we said, did meet with the media for about four or five minutes, and we've got that audio for you when we return to the Gary Harris Show. So we're going to get to the break. <clears throat> Before we do, I want to mention the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is ready for you when you're ready for the Y. And I hope it's now because it's a, a incredible facility, everything you need to get fit, plus some great uh, personal training, also um, terrific uh, fitness classes, Silver Sneakers program, everything at the Y that you need to help you reach your fitness goals is available 2313 Street downtown. That's the Y of Tuscaloosa. We'll be back with Nick Saban's comments from Monday night next year on the Gary Harris Show. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans. Tickets on sale now at GoRiverResort.com. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. <laughs> Today for the Crimson Tide. Local high school sports and Bama in the pros right here. On Tide 100.9. 
931, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin, Justin Jones, and uh, let's get to Nick Saban. As we set it up before we went to the uh, break, he was in Birmingham last night at the Red Mountain Theater for the Nick Saban Legacy Award created in 2022, honoring the achievements of college coaches and their contributions to the game of football. Last night's two honorees were... Coach Frank Beamer and the uh, late great Bobby Bowden in 2023. It was Vince Dooley, the late Vince Dooley, and uh, Bill Snyder. And in 2022, it was Steve Spurrier and the late Eddie Robinson. Prior to the event, Nick Saban did a uh, media uh, session and um, he talked with reporters. And we've got those uh, comments for you right now here on the Gary Harris Show. <laughs> Now we're excited to be here. It's uh, great to, you know, honor um, some great legendary coaches who certainly have left their legacy in terms of their transformational leadership and how they've impacted people and helped them be more successful in life. And, you know, both of these gentlemen, you know, Coach Bowden, uh, Coach Beamer, are guys that impacted me uh, in terms of their professionalism and the way they went about, you know, representing uh, their programs, uh, how they influence their players uh, and people in the community that they serve. So um, this is uh, something special for me, and I'm glad we're able to do this. And I thank the Monday Morning Quarterback Club for, you know, sponsoring this. And hopefully uh, we'll raise some money that helps some young kids in Children's Hospital. So you got questions for me? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. First month of retirement. It's it's good. You know, I uh, Terry and I have enjoyed our time together, and um, you know, I got a little more time for family. Get to see uh, grandkids a little more, and it's been really, really good. Play a little more golf, (laughs) so that's not good, but uh, it's fun. So uh, it's been good. You know, I'm anxious to see that. You know, we can do whatever we can to continue to support, you know, Alabama athletics and the athletic program and the football program and um, hope that the players and the coaches that are there um, continue to have a great amount of success. How do you envision your role with Alabama moving forward and, you know, balancing being there but not being over? Right. Well, that's our home. That's our family. It's our community. Um, we're going to continue to do things to help the community every way that we can. And, um the coaches all know that I'm available if they need me in any way, shape, or form to help them. Um, you know, I talk to Caitlin every now and then and talk to the defensive coordinator every now and then. He's going to come over and meet me, you know, this week sometime. So, you know, we're around. Uh, we're there to support the players and help them in any way that we can to help them be successful. What's been your early impressions of Caitlin and the job he's done so far? Well, I, I really haven't been around. You know, I, I really try to stay arm's length. I don't want anybody to think I'm looking over their shoulder. Uh, I think he's hired a good staff, and uh, I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach, and I think he'll do a really good job. You got a new gig with ESPN College Game Day. I, to, I know you don't like hypotheticals, but you're in Tuscaloosa. There's no way you're not picking the tie, right? Well... <laughs> You know, I've tried to steer away from picking people. I think I'm going to have to do that now. But um, I don't know that you always have to pick the team you think is going to win. You know, you're you're allowed to have a spiritual feeling about who you like and who you want to win. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. How excited are you about that opportunity? I'm excited about it. I 
I'd like to continue to try to impact college football in a positive way in the future, and I think that gives me a voice to do it. It keeps me involved in football. I have, you know, things to do. It's not only just being there. It's the preparation that goes with it and how it can keep you involved in a game. I think that's been the biggest thing, the relationships that you have with the people that you work with every day and the players that uh, you have relationships with and you try to inspire and help them. You know, that's that's probably the thing I'll miss the most. Coach, i got to ask, uh, the two men that are being honored tonight had sons that had coached. Your dad was a coach. Just talk about a legacy that a father can do for their son, and we're honoring two of those guys tonight. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I think that it's great that actually, you know, Terry and Tommy Bowden both uh, were GAs at West Virginia when I was a coach there. Um, they both were players. They both wanted to be coaches. They both had, you know, reasonably successful coaching careers in their own right. Uh, but I think it's hard sometimes when you grow up in a, a coaching family that that doesn't rub off on you. It's something that you either really want to do or it's something that you're really not interested at all in. You know, my son, Nicholas, I can tell this story now. But... um you know, when he was in high school, I told him, if you participate in a sport, you don't have to have a job. But if you're not participating, I want you to work in the office. So I'm going to teach you how to break down film and how to do scout reports in the off season and that type of thing. So um, not that this is a sore subject, but Alabama had hired a new coach. I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, and they did a lot of crazy stuff on offense, empty quads. Back in that time, that was a lot different. So um, Nicholas was in charge of doing the spring scouting report for Alabama. And he did all this hard work, and he was so proud of it. And, you know, he gave it to me. I looked at it, and I said, man, you did a great job. And like the next day, Alabama changed coaches. So he, <laughs> he, he said, Dad, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> so what I'm saying to you is it can have a positive impact or maybe some circumstances sometimes steer you away from it. Kalen, over the last month, had to put together a recruiting class in a crazy era. How important was your first recruiting class in that transition period back to the well, I think it's very, very important, but this is a totally different, you know, era now. Um, you know, we'd already signed, what, 23, 24 guys in the early signing period, and but then the opportunity that those guys have to go someplace else, now you have to, you know, sort of re-recruit them, and uh, I think they did a really good job of that. And uh, I, I think, you know, the transition managing a roster, you know, now is one of the most challenging things that you have to do, and especially when you have a change like this. And this is not a normal change. Um, you know, normally when you have a change, it's because the program was unsuccessful and you're bringing in somebody to fix it. Um, you know, but this isn't kind of unprecedented in a way. I mean, they had to go through the same thing at Michigan this year when, you know, Jim Harbaugh went to the NFL. So, you know, you have a successful program and you make a change. It's a little bit different in terms of, how do you try to manage the roster? How do you keep continuity in the program with the players that you have, the guys that you recruited? And, you know, I think all in all, they did a pretty good job of that. How has it been down in down Florida up here with the retired life? Does Miss Terry and you, does she kind of send you to Publix now? Are you doing more normal things that people retired do? Any um, stories on that? The day after I retired, I got 
the 12 commandments of being retired by my chair on the table. So, you know, I got I had orders from headquarters, man. <laughs> it didn't take long. You said you Well, you know, I didn't really golf with them. They were golfing in front of us uh, in the Reggie Jackson charity event. And, you know, those things get jammed up. So we would have time with each other on the tee boxes and take pictures and stuff like that. So uh, I didn't really golf with them. I just was at the event with them. But, you know, that was a great event and well done and really is helpful to young people. And I'm glad those guys were there um, and as well as a lot of other you know, really, really, Dr. J, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roger Clemens, I mean, Ozzie Smith, a lot of guys that I grew up wanting to be like. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You miss us at all? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. What's that? You miss us? <laughs> this is closure for a lot of us. <laughs> no, I was, you know, couldn't wait to get here just to do this. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, thanks, Justin, for getting that on. That's uh, Nick Saban last night over at the Nick Saban Legacy Award uh, event in Birmingham and uh, did a nice media session. I, I, I take this away from, from Nick Saban. I've always said, Justin, that the little bit of time that I got to be around him um, when he wasn't necessarily in coaching mode and the, and the trip that I remember the most is when I went with Tommy Wilcox up to Lake Burton years ago one summer to shoot a segment on the Tommy Wilcox show there at Lake Burton and we were with him in a boat um, fishing and then we drove over to uh, his trout stream so we spent um, and it was a tight time schedule don't get me wrong we picked him up at the dock I think at 6 30 in the morning and he had to be done by uh, I want to say noon at the latest maybe 11 11 30 in the morning whatever it was but it was it was several hours and he wasn't coach Saban you know he was he was fishing and he was talking and he was relaxed and laid back and I think you saw a little bit of that and heard a little bit of that last night I mean this is a different aspect of him when he's when he's representing the Alabama when he was representing the Alabama football program as coach Nick Saban it was all business. You know, it was all business, and uh, Coach Saban had a persona. Nick Saban, I think, is a little more laid back, and <clears throat> that's what I took away from from that um, media session last night. He was <clears throat> cracking jokes. Not that he hasn't cracked jokes before, but you just sensed a relaxed nature to his comments. He, Yeah, he seems lighter. Like in a, in a sense, uh, like he's more relaxed, it loose, um, not so stressed and focused on something particularly. And especially when they asked him about playing golf with Travis Scott, he's like, "Yeah, that was a great time. I I like playing golf and, and meeting those guys." And I'm sure he's going to continue to do that. But um, it, it's a very different Saban, like you said. It's not it's not Coach Saban. It's Nick. <laughs> You're absolutely 100 percent right, and. Um Glad we could bring you those comments. <coughs> Pardon me, still battling a cough. Uh, some news on Alabama football from the transfer portal. Um, Alabama looks like it's bringing in two new players. Uh, Washington tight end Josh Cuevas announced last night that he is committing to the Crimson Tide. 
and played for uh, Kalen DeBoer at Washington. And then a really, really good player who had a big game against Alabama in the national championship game. Keon Sab, Michigan safety, according to Aaron Suttles from the Yay Alabama Collective, is going to enroll at Alabama as well or has enrolled at Alabama. So those are two more transfers. You've got uh, Cuevas, a tight end from Washington, and Sab, who I think is at a position of need because with Caleb Downs going to Ohio State, uh, Alabama needs a safety, and Keon Sab is not only um, – a safety, he's a very good one, and he's a national championship winning safety. So that's good news for Alabama, picking up a couple of transfers from the portal. All right, it's 943. We're going to get to the break, and uh, 205-342-9904 is the number on the First Domain Condominiums hotline. Give us a call if you'd like to get through. We'll be back with more right after this on Ty 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Wednesday. We'll look at the Alabama-Florida game at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. We'll see what this does for the standings in the SEC. we also talk with Bill Cameron in the second hour and find out Auburn's going to recover. With Hunter Johnson, it's the Tide Basketball Postgame Show, brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine, the high 63. Clear tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy, the chance of a shower by afternoon, the high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Oh, for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine forty-seven. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and we're going to jump out of the First Main Condominiums Hotline for just a, a couple of minutes with one of our good sponsors, Jackie Houston from Houston Hydro Steam. Remember for all your Carpet cleaning needs, steam cleaning needs, whatever it may be inside your home, Houston Hydro Steam can help you. But Jackie Houston is joining us to talk about a big event that he's a part of. Fiddle Fest is coming up uh, this weekend. And this is something that uh, a lot of people I know are into music and uh, fiddle and mandolin and banjo and guitars and all that great stuff. And this is a big event coming to our community. Uh, and uh, Jackie Houston has joined us to talk more about it. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Gary, and thank you for having me on this morning. How are you doing? Doing great. Tell us all about Fiddle Fest, man. Well, uh, I've been a part of this event now, I guess, for five, six, seven years. I don't know. Time flies, but it's, it's the event. I don't know if people remember, but there used to be a, an event at the old McFarland Mall, and everybody would come and bring their instruments and jam and play, and then we had a band contest, and we had individual instrument contests. And so Shelton State Community College has been so gracious. We're having it here for the second year. It'll be this Saturday around 9 o'clock. Things will get started. And we're going to have uh, musicians from all over the southeast that will come and showcase their talents and uh, enjoy. Uh, and and uh, we hope everybody comes and enjoys it. Well, it sounds like that they will because this is, uh, as I said, this is a big event and 
I know now with social media, we see a lot of videos uh, of this type of music and this type of get-together and hoedown, and uh, it's become quite popular, hasn't it, Jackie? Yes, sir. It's very, very popular, and, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it's just a fantastic thing for to bring the entire family. Uh, there'll be jamming. People will be playing throughout the hallways. We're going to have food vendors. We're going to have uh, at least, I think it's 18 or 20 different arts and crafts booths for people to come and walk around and see what other people do, as well as the great music. And, uh, you know, if you've been looking for an opportunity to play your guitar or mandolin or banjo or whatever bass, hey, listen, it wouldn't be, a, it'd be a fantastic venue for you to come out and bring your instrument and play. Yeah. Just jam, jam yeah. session. Just All jam right, man. And play and just enjoy the day. Well, you're getting me excited about it. I know it's coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, give us, uh, and food vendors will be there, uh, arts and crafts. Give us the where, when, and how. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's held at Shelton State Community College. Okay. The event is free. It is free. There is no door charge to get in. There will be chairs provided. You just come in. And uh, walk around, look at the crowds, get you something to eat, sit down and watch all the talented musicians, or walk around and see all the people jamming. It'll just be an incredible time. It gets started around 9, you know, uh, as soon as we can get uh, everything going, and it's until, until we get all the, and it's based on how many contestants we have, and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, it usually wraps up around 6 or so, but you just don't ever know. Well, man, it sounds like a blast, and uh, appreciate you jumping in and uh, telling us a little bit about it. And looking forward to Saturday. Thank you, Jackie. Well, thank you very much for having us, and everybody come out and have a big time. Absolutely, that's Fiddle Fest coming up Saturday at Shelton State Community College. It's nine fifty one here on the Gary Harris Show. We got time to get in a phone call if you want to give us a ring on the uh, First Domain Condos hotline at two zero five three four two. Nine nine oh four. All right, uh, let's get back to Bama football just to close out this segment. We got Drew Armin coming on at ten, Corey LeBounty at ten thirty. But I feel like now, now I was kidding last night on my TV sportscast that we think we've got the Alabama football coaching staff set for now. We'll see, kind of deal. But I really do feel like now, uh, and I don't know what happened with William Inge. It, it appeared he was going to be part of the staff, and he went to Tennessee. But let me say this about Christian Robinson. Christian Robinson is one of those young defensive coaches that a lot of people are interested in. He uh, He's a guy that played at Georgia. He's coached at Florida. He's coached at Auburn. Uh, he's coming over from Baylor. Got a reputation as a great recruiter. So I ran down the staff for you earlier, you know, man by man. But, you know, I think it's a good staff. I, as I said, <clears throat> as I said yesterday, there's really no way to gauge it other than on paper. You know, they got to come together. They've got to, um, you know, work together, build this football team. But I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, I think Nick Sheridan is ready for this role as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. You know, would I have liked to have seen Ryan Grubb in that role and Sheridan as a tight ends coach? Yeah, sure. Um, even if it was just for a year or two. But as I said last week, you can't blame 
Ryan Grubb or Scott Huff, the offensive line coach, for an opportunity to coach in the National Football League and to go home to Seattle where Huff has lived for the last seven years and Grubb for the last two. And that's something that Justin's kind of gotten my, gotten my goat a little bit is a lot of people in our business have taken Grubb and Huff leaving as, well, DeBoer can't even hold his staff together. Um, I believe DeBoer, when it was stated that he thought that this was a possibility. I think he and Ryan Grubb are close friends. I think DeBoer knew that if the Seattle Seahawks opportunity became available, that Grubb would probably take it. So I don't see this as anything to do with Alabama. I just see this as an opportunity to coach in the National Football League and remain in Seattle, which is what Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff preferred to do. That is not anything negative toward Kalen DeBoer or Alabama football. It's just a life reality. So for those people that have taken this and tried to twist this into, oh, they hated Tuscaloosa or they don't want to be part of Alabama football, I don't see it that way at all. And I think that is just manufactured hogwash, really. No, you're exactly right, Gary. And people are taking it as a, a personal jab almost that Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff and all these other coaches decided to leave. And, oh, Coach DeBoer can't hold his staff together. The staff wasn't built. We're not talking about a singular unit. The only people we know that are going to be here is Coach Kane Womack, the defensive coordinator, Gillespie, and Freddie Roach, because those are the only coaches that have been officially put on uh, from the university to announce their position. I think it's strange that people want to complain and complain. We're, we're still in a good position. Look, if, if other schools want to take our coaches – Obviously, those coaches have some value, and the coaches that are going to fill in have just as much value. Too. Yeah, and on William Inge, it had been reported that he was going to be part of this staff, but I don't know that he was even in Tuscaloosa. I really don't. Maybe he was, um, but you know, he took the opportunity at Tennessee. It's apparent as quickly as Christian Robinson was hired <coughs> that uh, that Kalen DeBoer was ready to go. But like I said, now it's it's time to get down to business. You've got your coaching staff in place. You're starting spring um, football 13 days from today, eight days, April 13th. And then we'll have the, the spring and summer break. And then we'll be back for media days in July. And then we'll be off and running in August. And the season will start in September. And the proof will be in the pudding. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it's a unique, unique year for DeBoer to take over. And for Saban to retire because it is the expanded SEC. You've got Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. So an already great league, <coughs> the best league in the country, just got better. And it's going to be even tougher for all the teams in the SEC. But there's also the opportunity for a 12-team playoff instead of a 14-team playoff. So that's good news. And that expands your horizon, so to speak. And uh, it gives you a bigger opportunity to get into the college football playoffs. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Coach DeBoer and this staff getting down to work. Can't wait for spring ball. And we're going to have it covered for you here, of course, on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. All right, that's going to do it for the first hour. Uh, Justin is going to be leaving us. Uh, Wyatt Fulton is going to jump into that chair there in the control room. Drudy Armin, the Rocket Man, will lead us off to start the second hour. Corey Labounty from WNSP and Mobile and the AHSAA Radio Network will be joining us at uh, 10.30. More of your phone calls as well. Another hour of the Gary Harris Show is on the way.
special offers on them. Right now, you can get a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. We had a top 10 matchup in college basketball on Monday as number two Houston held on to beat number six Iowa State 73 to 65. The Cougars are now 23 and three on the season. St. John's coach Rick Patino stood by his critical postgame comments after Sunday's loss to Seton Hall in which Patino questioned his players toughness while describing their athletic shortcomings. On Monday, Patino told Newsday he wasn't ripping his players. He was just describing why his team lost. UConn women's coach Gina Oriyama passed Mike Krzyzewski for the second most wins by a college basketball coach as the Huskies beat Creighton on Monday. Oriyama now trails only Stanford coach Tara Vanderveer by six wins. In the NFL, 16-year Patriots veteran special teams ace Matthew Slater announced his retirement today and William Byron won the Daytona 500. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. On a 4-1 vote, the Northport City Council okayed agreement with Texas-based developer University Beach LLC for a multi-facility water park, residential retail, and hotel development. But the approval came with a large turnout from residents in opposition. Residents in Blount County are claiming that human waste and industrial sludge being dumped in that area is poisoning farmland and leaching into the headwaters of the Black Warrior River. Nick Saban avoided social media, not Kalen DeMore, the new head football coach who made his first post as the Bama headman yesterday. Get 20 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230 AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, uh, Wyatt Fulton's going to be joining us here in a little bit. And Justin's going to be checking out this hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, their business is to take care of your needs. Paul's in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. I highly vouch for these gentlemen, not only as um, lawyers, but as outstanding human beings and feet on the ground in West Alabama. That's important. If you need a personal injury attorney, you need Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Their commitment to serve the client does not stop at the end of the workday. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we're going to kick off hour number two with the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman, 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville, where he's co-host with uh, Scott Tyson of Talking Ball, weekday morning, 7 until 9, and uh, working some high school basketball for the regional tournaments, but joining us this morning uh, to break it all down here on the Gary Harris Show. Drew, how are you? Good, Gary. Uh, just over here at Shoot Around. We're at Jacksonville High School. It'll be Chapter 4 of a great rivalry with Huntsville and Grissom. Uh, coming up at 2.15 for a shot at the 7A Final Four. It'll be Christian Swears versus Jack Dawes. So 
It'll be great theater, great high school hoops, and we're looking forward to it later this afternoon. Yeah, that ought to be a dandy right there. And I know you got a ton of respect and and, and love Jack Doss, but uh, you're Huntsville High all the way, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, certainly have so much respect for Coach Doss and what he's done for our state and for our community uh, with basketball. He's won nearly 900 games and 10 state titles, but Huntsville has been knocking on the door now. This is our sixth year under Coach Swears, and this will be five Elite Eight. Week 16, so it's time for Huntsville to take that next step. We certainly hope it's later today. And got a special group of young men. They're 31 and two, and have played very consistent basketball all year long. And look forward to the challenge of playing against a quality opponent uh, and your really your biggest rival. So should be a great crowd. Both communities turning out here at Jacksonville at JSU. The Pete's a beautiful facility, and we look forward to a great battle later at 215. All right, Drew. Um, yeah, that ought to be a, like I said, that ought to be a doozy. Let's uh, jump into Alabama football. And we think, at least for today, that this, this Alabama coaching staff is, 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 is finally set. And uh, they start spring in, in 13 days. So there's a lot to do for this coaching staff to prepare and then get through spring. But, uh, it feels like now it's finally, uh, you know, everything's fluid in the coaching business, but it feels like the staff is set. And what do you, what do you think of it? Well, you know, I thought so yesterday until, uh, you hear William Bench going to Tennessee. Uh, and then, but of course, that, that had been in the mix, the mix in the works, obviously, because less than an hour later, Christian Robinson, a veteran SEC coach who, uh, spent last year at Baylor, uh, you know, uh, he was put in place, you know, just with, less than an hour after it was announced officially as it is was going uh, to Tennessee. So once it was reported by Austin Price and Ballquest, those guys, uh, you know, I think uh, Coach DeBoer, he certainly wasn't caught off guard. Inge was a guy that was thought to be the final piece uh, a couple weeks ago. It took a while to work out all the red tape, but he never coached the game. He ended up going to Tennessee and uh, certainly to react and go get Christian Robinson, a guy that played in Georgia, was a graduate assistant there, and then uh, you know, and spent several years at Florida, was a really good recruiter, and he had developed some really good linebackers, and then spent a year under Brian Harson at Auburn, and then uh, went to Baylor. Uh, you know, so again, I think uh, it's a good hire, no question about it, and it turned out it wasn't the only uh, hire from Baylor yesterday, Gary. No, it wasn't. Uh, the offensive line coach comes over, and he's a guy that um, had been at Michigan State, had been at Colorado, had been with Larry Fedora at Southern Miss, and at uh, at um, North Carolina as well. I, I talked to a friend of mine in the coaching business that worked with him and is really, really high on Chris Kapulovic and um, – as a guy who's not only a great teacher, but a good recruiter. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, offensive line is a tough position to coach. You know that, I know that. And there's never a guarantee when you hire an offensive line coach. But this guy seems to have the resume, and clearly Dave Miranda was high on him at Baylor. So um, he, he's a guy that's going to try to get this offensive line um, to be a unit that, um, you know, can, can dominate people up front because I think they got the physical ability to do it. Well, yeah, I've, I've just heard he's a technician, uh, and it, 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 do pronounce it Kapolovic. I want to make sure I do it right. Yeah, Kapolovic uh, is, is, is the pronunciation. I gotcha. Um, and, uh, but, uh, Chris Kapolovic, I mean, I, I did a little bit of research on him yesterday. He sounds like he's a very, uh, good teacher of fundamentals, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's old school. Uh, he's a, he's a technician. 
Uh, he believes in physicality. Uh, and if you saw that, uh, you know, that Michigan State running game during, you know, before the wheels fell off, uh, they had a Heisman candidate, no question about it. Uh, Bell Tucker did win some games. He got a big contract. And I think Kapolovic was a big part of that. Certainly Dave Aranda thought a lot of him to bring him to Baylor in December. And uh, Dave's had some success at Baylor. I know they, they have taken a step back, but he obviously thought Kapolovic uh, could bring some juice. And, uh, you know, when you look at his, X account, it says Juice Squad. So obviously he understands that the offensive line is kind of the heartbeat uh, of any offensive squad. And certainly uh, when you look at uh, what Kalen DeBoer did, I- I'm sure there was high interest in the position. And I think he took a few days to vet people and to interview and get the right fit. And certainly he thinks Chris Kapolovic can be that. He thinks Christian Robinson's a good fit. Christian Robinson gets you more ties to the Southeast in recruiting, which is very important. He gives you ties. Uh, to the state of Florida, especially because he recruited that area quite a bit for both the Gators, uh, you know, and for Auburn. And so, again, I thought it was two really good hires. And then you talk about the tight end hire, Brian Ellis. You know that name very well. He played for mm-hmm. Bill Callaway, quarterback at UAB, and, and then really coached there his entire career until going to Georgia State. Uh, and, excuse me, uh, Georgia Southern, pardon me. Uh, he was at Georgia Southern the last few years as a play caller and quarterback coach. He's the QB himself. And I don't think there's any uh, any coincidence that he was hired, even though he's coaching tight ends, he's a former quarterback and play caller. Because, again, from what I hear about Kalen DeBoer and the way he likes to build a staff, he likes to have offensive guys where almost every position coach has also been a play caller at one time or another or been heavily involved in that aspect of it. Because, again, you lose coordinators, especially if you have a lot of success. So you always want to have guys in the pipeline that are ready to roll. And uh, I'm sure – he uh, felt that way uh, with Brian Ellis when he hired him yesterday. Well, speaking of the staff, uh, I do want to mention uh, that uh, Ryan Fowler just texted me, and he is going to have uh, head coach Kalen DeBoer on the game this afternoon at 5 o'clock. So making, nice. yeah, yeah, make a note of that, everybody. Uh, coach DeBoer will join Ryan Fowler on the game today at five. So we'll get it straight from the horse's mouth on, on the, uh, on the staff. Uh, Drew, the fact that they're starting spring here in 13 days, uh, and you know, I, you know, we both know a little bit about the coaching business, uh, through our, through our jobs. Uh, this is about to be a whirlwind now with this staff finally kind of being secured. I'm sure they've already been putting a, you know, an itinerary together and, and, and anyway, but now with the staff here, uh, these, uh, these, not, not just once they get into spring, but these next couple of weeks getting prepared for spring, these coaches are going to be working their rear ends off. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think Kevin DeBoer got a lot of sleep the last two days. <laughs> I mean, when you're trying to put your staff together, because yeah. there's only two weeks until they kick off, you know, uh, they uh, kicked off. I know the fourth quarter program's underway, Gary, but, you know, in just two short weeks, you're going to be getting spring football underway at Alabama. His first spring, it's a very important one. It'll be one that's going to be highly scrutinized. You've already got, uh, you know, national media wondering how he's going to transition to the University of Alabama. You've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, writers from other schools that are already questioning whether or not he'll be successful so certainly it's going to be uh, huge for him to get off on the right foot I certainly have been very impressed with the way he's handled himself the way he's put together this coaching staff uh, the way he's dealt with the media it's going to be a you know a, a different style than Nick Saban uh, but you know styles make fights you have to be yourself and I, I felt from the jump that Kellen DeBoer is very comfortable in his own skin uh, and again I never thought he was unprepared for these moves he understands the climate you're in with NIL, the transfer portal, and a lot of, especially assistant coaches, 
looking to get to the NFL where there's more stability in their minds and there's guardrails to things and you're not having to re-recruit your own guys and your own roster all the time. But, hey, you have to have a plan. You have to be ready. And certainly I think Kale and DeBoer has been that. And I'm looking forward to watching the squad this spring and, and seeing the new systems on offense, defense, and special teams that are installed. Judy Arman with us talking to Bama football. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the portal and the losses, of course, for Julian Sayan, Caleb Down, Seth McLaughlin, Trey Amos, uh, Grimsley, Kitzelman, Ricks, Proctor, uh, others. Uh, but Alabama's added through the, the, the portal as well, including yesterday with um, a couple of new players. Uh, you got Josh Cuevas, the tight end from Washington, announcing himself that he's committed to Alabama. And then uh, Aaron Suttles from the uh, Yay Alabama Collective reporting that Keon Sab, the Michigan safety, has already enrolled. And let's start with Sab because this is a position of need now in the secondary. You lose uh, Caleb Downs, who I think is the best safety in the country. But Sab's a good player out of IMG. Had a big game against Alabama in the national championship game. Uh, this is a big pickup for Alabama, uh, uh, Drew, in, in terms of Keon Sapp. Yeah, I mean, he had 28 tackles on the season, two picks, including a pick six. He played really well in the playoffs. He said he started against Alabama. I think he got five stars last year as a sophomore. The biggest thing, too, is he has two years of eligibility left. He played at IMG Academy. He's considered a, a top 100-level recruit. And Alabama needed another safety after losing Caleb Downs. There's no doubt they may need another. Uh, we'll see what they do uh, in the coming days before spring and, of course, after uh, to see because I was told they would probably add at least two pieces, some experience to that secondary because they have six signees, a lot of young talent, Gary, but not some excited. They're lacking in experience a little bit. And then, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry on Arnold turn pro. They'll be first or second round draft pick. We understand that. Uh, you know, Jalen Key was done with his eligibility at safety. So, you knew you were losing him, then you lose Trey Amos. So there's a lot of guys and a lot of playing time available. Uh, there's going to be a lot of competition in the secondary, but you need some experience. Deion Sapp gives you that. Josh Cuevas, he didn't have great stats at Washington, but he averaged, you know, uh, gaudy yards per catch. I think he had four for 154, a couple of touchdowns. He made big plays. Uh, he started his career at Cal Poly, uh, redshirted there, and then had a big redshirt freshman year before he transferred to Washington. So I think he's got two years of eligibility left as well. Six foot three, about 240. But don't forget, Alabama lost a couple of tight ends to the portal on Mark Nyblack uh, to Texas and then Miles Kitzelman to Tennessee. So it was a neat area. It kind of flew under the radar, but broke late last night. It's just like Keon Sapp, Josh Cuevas has already transferred to Alabama and is already on campus and enrolled. For this team um, and this coaching staff, it's – you know, not that there was ever going to be a good time for Nick Saban to retire, Drew. We've talked about that, but um, it's a whirlwind. And and not only are you coming into Alabama, but a major change on the horizon in the conference. Uh, already the best conference in the country, but now you add Texas and Oklahoma. We're going to make it even tougher. I guess the good news is that the playoff expands from 4 to 12. But just talk about uh, navigating what is going to be a, a new SEC in 2024. Well, yeah, it's a challenge, no doubt, with Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference. It makes the competition even tougher. A uh, different scheduling model, so there's going to be some teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi State uh, that you're used to playing that you're not going to see, uh, that you've played for many years in a row. But, again, uh, you know, it, it, nothing's easy in the Southeastern Conference. And what I admire about Kalen DeBoer is, you know, the old saying was, well, you never want to follow a legend. But he took it as a 
a huge challenge and wanting to follow in the footsteps of someone uh, that meant so much to college football and maybe the best to ever do it. And it takes a, a guy with a special mindset and a special, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, to me, a special makeup to do that. Uh, and so that's why I'm excited about Kalen DeBoer. He, well, he, he knew Alabama was the standard. He had a $9 million a year contract on his desk at Washington after going 25-3 and three in two years, and he could have stayed there. Uh, he certainly was a king in Seattle, but he wanted to go to the mecca of college football, and that's Alabama and the SEC. And looking forward to seeing the impact he can make. Yeah, I am too. Nick Saban last night uh, was at the Nick Saban Legacy Award ceremony over in Birmingham with uh, Miss Terry as they presented those uh, awards to uh, Frank Beamer and the late, great Bobby Bowden. I ran his entire little media uh, session earlier on my show. I, I think I, I said, Drew, I again, he said there's never, you know, there's never a great time, but it was the right time. I do sense listening to him last night. Just, I mean, so laid back, so relaxed, cutting jokes. I, I you know, you got to give him credit. I mean, it would have been easy to have stayed on. I mean, they just won the SEC championship, played in the college football playoff, bringing back a really good team. Uh, but we've seen coaches that hung along, hung on too long, uh, Drew, and it didn't end well. Uh, got to give Coach Saban credit for knowing when the time was right. Well, in his mind, yeah. I mean, I think he's comfortable with the decision. He's 72 years old. And, I mean, people that say he walked away because of NIL on the portal, he already uh, dealt with NIL on the portal, and he actually has a blueprint that he probably has helped Taylor DeBoer and his coaching staff with. He also said last night he was going to meet this week with Kane Womack about the defense. Uh, certainly he's been uh, a resource for Kalen DeBoer. He's going to have an office inside Bryant Denny Stadium. And so uh, there's no, no better uh, guy to bounce things off of than the greatest to ever do it. And Alabama's got that resource, and he's certainly going to continue to help the University of Alabama in any way he can. And certainly it was nice seeing him, uh, you know, in uh, Coleman Coliseum for Alabama's domination uh, on Saturday when they ran Texas A&M out the building. All right, Drew, before we close it out, let's talk a little basketball. I thought I was so impressed with Alabama Saturday, uh, even though I didn't get to go because I was trying to get well. But uh, watched it on television and uh, just the way they took care of their business against the team in, in, in A&M and Buzz Williams that had been a nemesis for Alabama in the regular season, including right there in Coleman Coliseum. To hang 100 on that team, what did you see from the Tide? Well, I mean, I thought they shot it really well. They made 18 threes, shot, I think, around 44% from the three-point line. Uh, they were able to get to the line and convert as well. And they did hang in uh, by getting some offensive boards of their own. But the one negative, they gave up a lot of offensive boards. They got out rebounded yep. by 11. Um, but, you know, they, we all know their bigs are an issue, but their guards are a strength. And Mark Sears continued his, uh, you know, quest to try to be SEC player of the year. Uh, and following Brandon Miller's footsteps with that, he had 23 points. A huge second half from Latrell Reisel, uh, who had 16. And then, I thought Nick Pringle was solid. Uh, certainly wasn't as dominant as he was against LSU, but I thought he gave him good minutes um, while he was in there, even though his stat line maybe didn't tell the whole story. Uh, but, again, I thought he did a good job, and I thought uh, Grant Nelson was very solid. He ends up with nine. And then Sam Walters, who I think had a really good week of practice. He was very aggressive from the word go when he got in there. He ended up with 11. I just think this Alabama team is so good offensively if they can re, if they can stay in the game rebounding and at least make it even and then do what they did, only turn the ball over 12 times and protect the ball, even being a team that has defensive deficiencies and inside deficiencies, they're so elite offensively. 
uh, that they're kind of like an NBA team in the fact that they're going to go on two or three or four huge runs a game, and it just comes down to maybe getting six, seven, or eight key defensive stops. And if they can do that, they can beat you. Bama baseball. Uh, well, one more question on basketball. Hang on before I, and then we'll get to, to baseball. Um, Florida's a dangerous team, Drew, I think. And, um, I really like what I've seen from Alabama right now, but tomorrow night, uh, this is a Florida team that's on a little bit of a roll. How leery of you, uh, are, uh, are you of the Gators coming in here tomorrow night? Well, I mean, they're a very big team and they can rebound the basketball and they can score. Now, much like Alabama, they've had some defensive deficiencies and they haven't played as well on the road, though they did get a, a nice 88-82 win over the Georgia Bulldogs on the road. And they probably really should have uh, beaten, uh, you know, uh, Kentucky twice. So they're a very formidable opponent. They're, they're solidly in the NCAA tournament right now. Alabama's got to be ready to go. I think they, they need to play. They need to play them even on the glass. They need to continue to move the basketball and have it popping. Uh, they had 20 assists against A&M. They need more of that against Florida. Florida has shown the propensity to give up a lot of points. And so I think it could be a fun one inside Coleman Coliseum. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say Alabama needs, needs the game once again, even though Florida's federal playing that way. They need to have the game be 85 to 90 points to the side. But if the Alabama can get some, uh, you know, key stops in the game, if they can hang in on the glass, I can see Alabama winning like an 88-80 type game, and they need to do that keep rolling because I think they got six games remaining, Gary, and I think if they can go four and two, protect home court, which they got Florida left, uh, they certainly have Tennessee, which shapes up to be a huge game in Arkansas, and if you can get one of the three, Florida, Ole Miss, or Kentucky on the road, they've got Kentucky Saturday, then I think if you go four and two, you can go 14 and four and have a pass to win the SEC in the regular season. And lastly, Bama baseball opens up at home with a three-game sweep of Manhattan College. They got midweek games against Middle Tennessee tonight, and uh, Alabama State tomorrow. Then Valparaiso comes in for a three-game set over the weekend. Your first impressions of Rob Vaughn's Alabama baseball team? Well, I thought they swung the bat pretty well. Probably not as well as Rob wanted to. I, I'm not sure they barreled up a lot of them, but I, I do think they were able to manufacture runs. I love the way T.J. McCant swung the bat his first series at Alabama. He was very disruptive as well on the bases, stealing bags. Uh, he showed some pop. He hit a home run on the third game. In the third game, he also had uh, a few other extra bases, some doubles. So I thought he did a really nice job. And of course, Justin LeBron was freshman of the week. Uh, he he is a smooth uh, dude out there at shortstop. He's a bigger shortstop, six foot two, uh, but can move like a smaller guy, like a Jim Jarvis. Uh, he also swung the bat pretty well. Uh, in his first weekend series against Manhattan. So it was good to see him do a nice job. Mason Sweeney, a guy that's kind of flown under the radar, a sophomore, Phil Campbell, had two starts at second base. I thought he did some good things. And I just thought overall, uh, I, they, they hit five home runs in, in the third game. So I think they're going to start, the more reps they get, the more at-bats, I think they're going to be a dangerous offensive team. And it was good to see them pitch so well the first two games, uh, giving uh, basically uh, 16 shutout innings before they finally – had a little bit of trouble on the third day, but the bats backed them up. They were still able to get a win. And you saw Alton Davis continue to do what he does, and that shut people down at the back end of a game. So oh, all in all, I would say it was probably an A, A-, minus. but I thought it was a really nice debut, and it will be an interesting week uh, as they have, as you said, Middle Tennessee, Alabama State, and Valpo this weekend. Always entertaining, Drew. We appreciate it. High school basketball, you're on the beat with that, but uh, also I know you're all over social media. 
Yeah, absolutely. They can connect with me at Drew D nine seven seven ESPN. Uh, and then, uh, they can also connect with me uh, at nine seven seven ESPN for our station. All of our uh, you know content, talking ball with Scott Tyson, myself from seven to nine a.m. That is on our nine seven seven ESPN dot com, our website or our SoundCloud page. And we always enjoy the time on the Gary Harris Show each and every week on Tuesday. We appreciate you for allowing us a little bit of leeway with the time today and to move it. But uh, we were busy trying to get you know check out of the hotel and get over here and shoot around. But we always enjoy the conversation. Appreciate you very much, Drew. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. All right, it's ten twenty four here on the Gary Harris Show. We're gonna get to the break. Come back and have a short segment and uh, get back on time, and then we'll have Corey LeBounty from WNSP and Mobile, part of the album. Boulevard West Krispy Kreme is open seven days a week. To see our complete donut, coffee, and espresso menu, visit our website at KrispyKremeTuscaloosa.com. Krispy Kreme, hot now and anytime. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms at the bar and out text deal to 511-511 text deal to 511-511 all pets are unique your pets results can and will vary message and data rates may apply studies available upon request tide 100.9 tuscaloosa weather another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine the high 63 clear tonight the low 38 tomorrow partly to mostly sunny the high 69 thursday increasingly cloudy the chance of a shower by afternoon the high thursday 71 i'm james Spann on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 51 degrees in tuscaloosa did you miss any episode on Tide 100.9? Don't worry. All of our shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Music and on demand on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1027, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Mentioned Bama baseball this afternoon, 4 o'clock at the Joe against Middle Tennessee. Softball tomorrow has, um, the Tide has a midweek game Tomorrow against North Alabama at three o'clock over at the Rhodes House. And then this weekend, it, I, I like this tournament for Alabama, uh, because you're just going up the road. Uh, but it's a, it's a good field. Alabama will be participating in the Green and Gold Classic over at UAB. Bama women's softball will play the Blazers on Friday at 345. Then they'll play Western Carolina on Friday at 6. Then on Saturday, they'll play Bradley at 345 in UNA, who they play tomorrow. They'll play them again on Saturday at uh, 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, they'll close it out against UAB at 11 a.m. Weather's supposed to be terrific. So it's an away tournament, but it's just up the road in Birmingham. So softball and baseball, of course, Men's basketball tomorrow night at home against Florida. And women's basketball on Thursday on the road at top-ranked and unbeaten South Carolina. All right, again, a reminder to Ryan Fowler, the game two until six. He'll have head coach Kalen DeBoer, Alabama football, on with him today at 5 o'clock. So that'll be must-listen radio for uh 
Ryan Fowler in the game this afternoon. All right, we're going to get to the break. The event will feature a non-competitive three-mile walk and a survivor's pathway. To register and to get more details, log on to TuscaloosaHeartWalk.org. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty-two, twenty-eight minutes before the hour of eleven o'clock. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Wyatt Fulton, and we're going to jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Corey Labounte from uh, very popular sports station down in the Port City of Mobile, Sports Radio one hundred five point five FM, where he is one of the hosts for the Final Drive weekday afternoons from three until six. Also part of the Alabama High School Athletic Association radio network, and uh, going to talk a little. Ball with us this morning. Good morning, Corey. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to join you guys. Hope all is well. All is well, and it looks like all is finally well with the Alabama coaching staff. We think, we think we've got the staff finalized at least for today. Uh, what's your impression of this uh, first coaching staff for uh, Alabama head coach Kalen DeBoer? Well, you, you know that he's kind of playing chess and not checkers in regards to him trying to assemble his staff because once you think it is assembled, he's had a few pieces moved on the board. And the great part for Coach DeBoer is that this has happened prior to spring practice even beginning because if it happened during spring practice the same way that's happened in the Sunbelt Conference to where you have a coach to leave and take another job, not to say that that would happen in Alabama, it's just the moving pieces you want to be in place and ready to go when you start spring practice. So I think Coach DeBoer, under the circumstances, you always want what's best for others around you and you can't knock anyone for chasing other job opportunities, but it is a good thing that Finally, his staff looks to be in place here as of February 22nd, I guess. Corey, you got to be around him a little bit down there in Mobile when he was down there for the Senior Bowl. And, and of course, we're all – I'm here in Tuscaloosa watching him. Just – you. What's your impression? Uh, and again, we're going to hope, you know, all get to know him better. I think he's going to be very media, uh, friendly, uh, going to be a little bit of a different scenario than what we had with Coach Saban, I think, as far as local media in particular. But just your, your impressions of Kalen DeBoer so far. What, what is it? Six weeks into the job, something like that. You hit the nail on the head in regards to being media, more media friendly and more accessible because it's not like he's coming from our neck of the woods, from, the Alabama or from the Georgia or from the Florida, from the SEC blueprint. So he needs to take every opportunity to get to know as many media members as possible. And kudos for him for doing so, because when he came down here to the Reese's Senior Bowl, there were close to maybe 20 media outlets, and he took time to speak and talk and take pictures with all of them. And you can tell it's just a different regime, a different feeling, and I will say this, I think he understands the Southern hospitality. He he has some coaches in Kane Womack, who was officially approved yesterday to become his defensive coordinator, to kind of give him a great 
lay of the land and teach him what sweet tea and grits are <laughs> truly and what they do mean to our neck of the woods. So, you know, Coach DeBoer, like you said, he is, he is media accessible, and I think he's going to be great for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. That's really a good reason uh, to have you on in addition to your, just your general thoughts on, on sports. But your your relationship with Kane Womack, having watched him the last three years as the head coach at South Alabama, knowing, and you and I have discussed this before, he was very popular there, had done a tremendous job. I know the South Alabama people hated to see him leave. Kind of give us some insight into his football coaching philosophy. Of course, he's been the head coach there. He'll be the defensive coordinator here. What you've observed from him and the job that you think he'll do implementing a new system uh, of four two five here at the University of Alabama. Yeah, I think he's going to flourish in the four two five system. And I know it's a lot different than what we've been used to here within the last 16 or 17 years with Coach Nick Saban. But when you look at his time in Indiana as the defensive coordinator there, which is where he became familiar with what, with Coach DeBoer and how they built a bond and a friendship, I think that Indiana's defense was a top seven defense in the country coming from Indiana. And that's one of the things that ultimately led Kane Womack to his path as the head coach at the University of South Alabama. Now, the excitement that he generates here coming from South Alabama as the head coach is second to none in regards to his fan interaction, his passion, his enthusiasm, because he was a very friendly and people's person, a man of the people, Kane Womack was. And his defenses were very successful here at South Alabama as well. And now when you're looking at two- and three-star athletes, that South Alabama was able to get in, for him to be able to develop four- and five-star athletes for the Crimson Tide, man, it's like a kid in the candy store for Kane Womack. The fact that Womack worked with Coach DeBoer in Indiana and that familiarity, and number one, how how much of a role do you think that played in him taking the job at Alabama, and how important do you think that is for Coach DeBoer to have a guy as his defensive coordinator who he uh, – knows well and has worked with in the past. It's huge. Now, again, you look at the pressure cooker situation, being any coach at the University of Alabama, especially one that's as defensive-minded and defensive-oriented as the Alabama Crimson Tide have been in the past. I think that, you know, Kane Womack understands the gravity of what he stepped into because you're leaving a head coaching position at a Sunbelt Conference school to go ahead and become a coordinator. Yes, the money is always different, but the responsibility and to be able to show that you can coach at a Power 5 school and at the Power 5 level, I think that's what you're looking forward to and you're most intrigued with if you're Kane Womack. And speaking about the pieces of the puzzle, we, we know Alabama's secondary, how good it proved to be a year ago, and the losses that Alabama sustained in that secondary. And from a linebacker position. But anytime you have Kane Womack knowing the lay of the land throughout the entire Southeast and being able to get some high-quality recruits here at South Alabama, he's only going to flourish there at the University of Alabama as well. Corey Bounty with us and uh, talking some ball uh, from down there in Mobile. Let me ask you a question, and I've never asked you this before. Um, Mobile is an interesting city. Obviously, it's in the state of Alabama, but it's there on the coast. It's, you know, close to Mississippi, close to New Orleans. I've always wondered, uh, even though I lived in Mobile as a kid, but um, now 
with Alabama and Nick Saban, you've got Auburn. Uh, is it an Alabama or an Auburn city? Ultimately, uh, is, is Mobile is it is it is it more Alabama or more Auburn? Without question, I would say it is more Alabama, and I say more Alabama as evident. I will give you a prime example of this, and, and this is what's interesting here. You look at from a Senior Bowl standpoint when those when they used to announce the players for the Senior Bowl, the ones who always got the loudest ovation here at the Reese's Senior Bowl. We're the Alabama players. You would have your fair share of Auburn fans as well. But here's another interesting dynamic. When you talk about football and basketball and baseball, for that matter, here in the Mobile, Alabama area, when it comes to Alabama and Auburn, when Auburn's men's basketball program came here about four years ago to the Mitchell Center to play South Alabama, standing room only at the Mitchell Center. Last year when NATO brought his Crimson Tide team, the best Crimson Tide team considered ever in the history of the university, it was not a complete sellout. So that part was interesting dynamic. But I would, to answer your question, I would say I would have to lean that Mobile, Alabama is probably anywhere from 65% Alabama, 70% Alabama, 30% Auburn. But their Auburn fans definitely know how to show up and show out as well. Let's talk a little bit about South Alabama and the niche that, that they're trying to find. Because in this state, uh, for all the sports, but particularly football, it's, it's Alabama and Auburn. But you've got other good programs. And now with, you know, most of these programs wanting to move up to, um, you know, FBS and have moved up to FBS, whether it's UAB or Jacksonville State. North Alabama, Troy, and of course South Alabama. And we mentioned the beauty of Mobile, where it's located. You're, you know, you're close to so many states, uh, close to Louisiana, Mississippi, of course Alabama, the Panhandle of Florida. There's resources. Uh, now Major Applewhite takes over for Kane Womack. This program in Mobile, uh, South Alabama football. Uh, what, what's the, expectation what 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 are they do they feel like they can be and we know again i mentioned a lot of programs that are good programs do you think south alabama feels like it has a realistic shot to be that third program to be behind alabama and auburn but also ahead of uab and troy and jacksonville state north alabama uh where, where does south alabama see itself fitting in in the big picture football wise in the state yeah, that's a great question, and it's always asked. And I will say this. You look at the infancy of the South Alabama football program, not even 12 years old, starting from to get into the FBS level, whereas a lot of these other programs have already been established, whether it's North Alabama winning national championships, maybe not at the, the, the Power 5 level or the Division 1 level, but you're trying to find that identity. And what South Alabama has done a great job of, and the athletic director, Dr. Urban, is branding the program to the young kids who are growing up in this state and to the newer generation. Because when you have a football program that's only 12 years old, what you're starting to do is you're starting to take those elementary school kids that are in kindergarten and are now in high school and are actually able to be recruited by South Alabama well, now they're not what I like to call brainwashed to only think Alabama or Auburn or UAB or Troy. Now you're having your own cultural identity here. It's the I-10 corridor. Joey Jones, former 
Alabama wide receiver, of course, former South Alabama head coach, talked about the gold mine here along this I-10 quarter. And when you put the national brand out there for South Alabama on ESPN playing in the Rose Bowl, you go down and you beat Oklahoma State on national television, people are saying, yeah, I've heard about Mobile, but didn't know that their football was that good. And once again, per capita, Mobile, Alabama produces more pro football athletes than any other city in the country per capita. And a lot of that you wanted to stay at home. And the more talent that South Alabama is able to stay, get to stay at home here in Mobile, the more exposure that they have on ESPN and ESPN2. Kane Womack did a tremendous job of promoting the program. Major Applewhite was part of that program for three years. He's going to continue to pick up on their tradition. The great part, though, Gary, is South Alabama has never won a Sunbelt Conference championship. So with that being said, now Major Applewhite can be the first coach to ever do that. And his expectations are to do so. And I think Coach Applewhite is going to do a phenomenal job. And he is going to lead South Alabama to its first ever Sunbelt Conference championship and possibly have that fly-in-the-ointment-type atmosphere here in a couple of years. So you're that confident in Major Applewhite. I mean, he's got a great resume. He's coached a lot of big-time programs. Head coach at, at Houston didn't didn't necessarily go that well, his stint there, but you feel like he's the guy. Yeah, I really do. I, I think that when you looked at all the, the possible and viable candidates to take over for Kane Womack, you look at Major Applewhite's resume, and you look at – him being here for three years already in the Port City and getting a chance to know the city of Mobile, getting a chance to know the I-10 corridor and the landscape and using his networking in Texas and Louisiana, where he's from, and Alabama and Florida and Georgia, being able to touch these other different states and get recruits from all over the country. Because again, like I said, now South Alabama is starting to become a more national brand. And because of it, you're able, when you have the Reese's Senior Bowl visibility to where ultimately all college kids want to be and have their last college game here in Mobile, Alabama, that's great visibility for the program. That's a great recruiting tool for Major Applewhite. He continues to use that. I do believe he will win the first ever Sunbelt Conference Championship in school history within three years. Good stuff. Uh let me ask you about Ryan Williams, and not that you haven't been asked about him a million times, and I've seen him enough to know what I think. Uh, I, I put him in the in the handful. It's hard to say, you know, the best ever. Whether it's you know high school, I've been covering high school football for a long time. Whether it's Julio or 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 whether it's um, David Palmer, or the list goes on and on. But um, the, the kid from Sarah Land that's coming to Alabama, how special is he in your opinion? <clears throat> Uh, without question, he is a generational talent because I had an opportunity to watch Julio Jones in multiple sports, whether it was football, basketball, track and field, Ryan Williams. You know, he is not the super freak built-wise like Julio Jones was because Julio Jones come in, came into Alabama a man among boys. That's right. He was ready to start on day one. His frame, his body was freakish of nature. Ryan Williams, he puts you exactly into the mindset of Devontae Smith, without question. But the blazing speed that Ryan Williams had, he and Julio Jones both are my top two high school athletes from a football standpoint that I've had 
the opportunity to watch for myself. And, I, you know, not taking, like you say, everything is generational. Times and situations are different. David Palmer definitely was one of the most electric football players in high school history here in the state. But what Ryan Williams was able to do and the buzz that he's been able to generate, his start to stop speed is unlike anything I've ever seen. To be able to go zero to 100 every time he touches the football to be a threat, whether it's kick returns, punt returns, whether it is in the slot, whether it's in the wide receiver, he has tremendous hands. He has great leaping ability. And again, his burst is unbelievable. So, yes, he is going to be that special talent. He just has to continue once he joins the program in the summer to put on weight, to gain strength, because he is definitely a future pro and one of the best, if not the best, high school football player I've seen. And he made history, according to Alabama sports writers, they're 43 years. He has made the history as the only back-to-back Mr. Football winner in the state of Alabama. So that in and of itself speaks volumes of the future of Brian Williams. And I think he could have another year of high school if he wanted it. That's that's what makes it even more remarkable. Wrapping up with Corey LeBounty from WNSP uh, Sports Radio there in Mobile. Uh, what's your what's your gut telling you on Hugh Freeze and Auburn? Hugh Freeze and Auburn. I mean, this year I said if they go seven and six, that it was a winning situation for Hugh Freeze. And he just flipped that number to six and seven. Now, you hate for Hugh Freeze going into year number two, seeing the fact that he's had to replace over 50% of his staff in year number two. You normally don't see that type of turnover in year two as a head coach because in year one, you want to bring in your guys. And if you lose three or four that don't fit your mold, that's okay. But to lose over half of his coaching staff, their A-Day games and their spring scrimmages and practices are going to be just as intriguing and interesting as Alabama's is under first-year coach DeBoer. But as a whole, Hugh Freeze, I think year number two with the new staff and with the talent that he's brought in, I think that he may be able to increase that from six wins maybe to eight wins, uh, nine at the max for Auburn. And I think year three is really what's going to tell his tale because you can't rely that much on these freshmen and these transfer portal guys. And plus, they still have to figure out the quarterback play situation because they didn't get a lot of efficiency out of that this past season. Great stuff, Corey. Really appreciate the time. And uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me on X at C.A. LeBounty. That's on X or used to be Twitter on C.A. LeBounty. Of course, you can download the Sound of Mobile app and listen to us anytime on WNSP.com. That's a free downloadable app to any Android or Apple device that you have. Sound of Mobile, WNSP.com as well. And Gary, I can't thank you enough for giving me the time to speak with you today. Always a pleasure, Corey. Have a good show this afternoon, man. Likewise. Thank you very much. All right. It's 10.50 here on the Gary Harris Show. Prom time is right around the corner. It is coming fast. And young gentlemen, we know the prom is a special event for you. And it's something that not only is a special event, but it's going to stay with you. What I mean by that? Well, those prom picks, man, they are for a lifetime. So you want to make sure that you look your best not just for your prom date that night and for the event, but 
5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years from now, when you're looking back at those prom picks, you want to be able to say, man, I looked good. And T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall can make sure that you look your best. Listen, the days of just a regular bland tuxedo are over. This is a time with pizzazz and sparkles and t-town menswear and t-town gallery university mall they can hook you up with a look that is going to be memorable for your prom so get by and see tom and the staff at t-town menswear and t-town gallery in the university mall for all your prom needs we'll be back with the final segment of the gary harris show right after this weekday mornings at 6 a.m the martin houston show Join the Martin Houston Show powered by Max Sports for a Would You Rather Wednesday. And we're going to look at these Bama coaches that have left the staff. The word out there is Bama doesn't have great coaches, but everyone seems to want our coaches. So, hey, we'll talk about it. Would you rather have coaches that people want? We'll also highlight the Kroon family, and we'll look at Bama versus Florida and the prediction and what you have going there. We'll also bring in Scotty Holland, Executive Director of Blueprint Ministry. Those conversations and more right here on your home for Alabama Sports. 100% satisfaction and appointments set around your schedule. Give us a call for all your steam cleaning needs. 205-553-9460. Houston Hydrosteam. Quality work you can stand on. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours. Anytime. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine. The high 63. Clear tonight. The low 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny. The high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy. The chance of a shower by afternoon. The high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Well, somebody answer that damn phone. That's 205-342-9904. All right, 1055, winding it down for the Gary Harris Show. We're going to thank Trudy Armin and... Corey Labalti, and I want to thank you, of course, for listening. My voice and and this cough is, uh, my voice getting stronger by the day. The cough is really starting to go away, so I am very hopeful that in the coming days, I'm going to be back to 100% on the air, but I appreciate your patience and hanging in there with me, uh, trying to talk through the flu and then through this post-viral uh, cough has been difficult, but we've made it through. Got a great show on tap tomorrow. Uh, Bart Heights on Hoops is going to join us to break down SEC basketball, plus Matt Coulter on NASCAR. We'll look forward to that. Again, a reminder, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Alabama head football coach tonight at 5 o'clock with Ryan Fowler on the game. All right, that's going to do it for the Gary Harris Show. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. Then back here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for the Wednesday edition of the Gary Harris Show. T-Town Sports Daily is coming up at 11 a.m., followed by... The Miller's Edge at noon until 2, and then Fowler will take you home, as I said, with the game from 2 until 6. For Wyatt Fulton and Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine.